0: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins.
1: And my name is Derek Diamond.
0: Sorry for the late start tonight for the Twitch viewers. I had a little bit of an OBS problem because of I just upgraded to uh, Catalina on my Mac and apparently OBS doesn't like it when you change stuff.
1: No, it does not. Uh, I've actually been uh, dabbing my hand a little bit in OBS with a couple of live shows that I've done for my show, and it's not very user friendly. It is not. <laughs> I, I've, I've definitely learned that, but it, it's great when it works. Yeah. I, I will say that, and it's. I think once you, I feel like it's a little more complicated than it has to be. Yeah, because you know when I did my um my best uh, best movies of twenty nineteen show. Mm-hmm. I had to load in because I haven't downloaded those programs you know, at the time that you told me about. So I had to load every sound bite into OBS and then set hotkeys. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, when I would close out OBS and open it back up, it would play all the sound <laughs> files at one time.
0: That's awesome.
1: And all of a sudden I would hear blah, 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 for like 30 seconds. <laughs>
0: That's cool. It was great. You should have recorded that.
1: I should have that should have been my show for the week.
0: I know. So how's your uh, how's your week been?
1: Uh it's been very busy. I've worked late pretty much every day this week. And then um Tuesday I actually did a another live show uh reviewing the inaugural episode of Star Trek Picard. I so saw thank that. you to everyone who um who tuned in for that including one of our Patreon subscribers, Mr. John Jekyll, joined mm-hmm. in the uh, the live audience for that show. Uh, I explained it a little bit at the beginning of this week's Derek Diamond experience. I'm going to try and do live shows, not every single week, but a little more consistently because to me, it's a new challenge to do. Like, doing a list by yourself is one thing, but when you do a review of one central topic by yourself, it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, so
0: I, I, you, kudos to you for doing that. I don't think I could handle doing an a entire show by myself.
1: It's a whole different animal, and it's it's not easy, and it's not something I want to do on a regular basis. But it, it's something that I have in my back pocket in case I need it. But yeah. other than that, had a had a pretty relaxing weekend for the most part. I didn't really didn't really do too much. I I did play the the game that I'll be reviewing this evening which is it's an interesting game yeah i, I will say that but <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, oh um i did finish the first draft of my next script uh,
0: i've I still got to read it i'm gonna do that uh either t- later tonight or tomorrow
1: yeah no worries no it's i i finished the first draft and there will be many other revisions for it but you yeah. know it's like the old saying, great stories aren't written, they're rewritten. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but speaking of Picard, I did watch that this weekend. And uh, what were your initial thoughts on it? I freaking loved it.
1: Oh, it was great. The beginning was just so perfect with showing yeah. the Enterprise-D, and then you go in and you see Picard and Data playing cards, which was a, a nice callback to mm-hmm. the last episode of The Next Generation. You know, when... because. The crew would play cards, but Picard would never join in. Yeah. But in the very last episode of the show, he did. So it was a nice little callback to that.
0: You know what's crazy? Everybody online screaming about, like, oh, Picard, like, it's all political. I'm like, what do you think Star Trek is? It's political commentary. Yeah. Do you just not pay attention to anything? Or, I don't know, it drives me crazy.
1: People are just desperate for attention.
0: And it didn't even bother me that Brent Spiner is looking a little old these days, even though he's supposed to be a ageless android. But from what I hear, yeah. um, <clears throat> he's supposed to actually... They mentioned on an actual episode of TNG one time that he does have an aging function.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and, But I don't remember that. And I've seen every episode of TNG. So yeah. I don't know what episode that would be from.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember that. But... But overall, Eh. I I absolutely love the episode, and I'm going to be waking up early. We're recording this Wednesday night. I'm going to wake up early tomorrow to watch Picard before work.
0: It's like I was worried after uh, Mandalorian. I was like, man, I don't have anything cool to watch for the next couple of months, and then they bust me in the face with Picard and like, here's something just as good as Mandalorian. I'm like, okay.
1: Well, Picard (laughs) came at the perfect time because we're just now really feeling that Mandalorian fatigue. And then they just come along and hit you in the face with another great show. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the story. Me too. I'm ready to
0: see some more cameos too.
1: We know we've got Riker and Troy coming up. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Data will show up again at some point.
0: Michael Dorn's got to show up at some point.
1: Uh, That would make me so happy. (laughs) Worf was like Worf and Data were my two favorite characters from that show.
0: I am not Worf. a merry man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, we're going to go ahead and go into the news for tonight. What do you say?
1: Let's do it.
0: On nintendolife.com, you could get your hands on a PolyMega early th- early thanks to its upcoming beta test. All-in-one retro console PolyMega, which we have talked about a few times on this show, is due to launch this year, and the company behind it has just announced a beta test program which will give a lucky number of applications early access to the hardware. If you've already placed your pre-order and you apply via the website before 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on January 31st, you could be selected to receive a beta sample unit in order to assist with the testing of the system prior to its final release. Um, There will be no NDA in place during the test, so those involved will be permitted to freely post their findings online and talk about their experience with Polymega. Um, After the beta program is complete, you will have the option to either hold onto the sample unit as your pre-order or elect to trade it in for a final retail unit at launch. This is kind of cool. I wish I would have put in for a pre-order on this thing so I could be a beta tester.
1: So I just want to throw this out there. I think since we cover retro gaming news and we're a retro gaming podcast we should get a beta sample anyway yeah somebody get a hold of
0: uh <laughs> get a hold of uh the 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 team over there uh for the polymega let them know we need we need a sample unit to test on the show here actually we'll, send we'll us two we'll need two we'll need two, we need
1: two. Yeah. two. We'll need two. <laughs> now funny enough as I was reading this article a little while ago, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, we should get a beta sample anyway. Yeah, we That's should. We do. I would, now, the, the thing I'll is, like, honest. in theory, in theory, I love the idea of this console. I'm really excited to see how it runs and what people think of it.
0: Did we ever look and see how much this thing costs? Let me go to the actual website itself.
1: Oh. Uh, I want to say it was, like, 300
0: and it plays pretty much everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my we'll see. I running see the slow. Beta testing form. Yeah, you can.
1: Uh, let's pre-order.
0: Here's the thing for the beta test.
1: Da, 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 da. Let's see, pre-order. Uh, it's three hundred. Whoo! It
0: looks nice, though.
1: Yeah. I really like, look at all the controllers. They yeah. have pretty much the the controller from every era of uh, gaming.
0: Except for a Nintendo 64 controller. But that does not hurt my feelings in the least.
1: No, I, I think they were doing us all a favor with yeah. that. <laughs> I, I'd love to see how this thing turns out.
0: Me too. I hope this thing uh, does well. Because if it does well, the more they're going to make, the more they make, the the more the price is going to come down.
1: Yeah. Our next story comes to us from nintendolife.com. Secret screen Nintendo 64 prototype resurfaces more than 20 years later. While not exactly being the most commercially successful Nintendo console, the iconic N64 remains a firm favorite in the minds of gaming fans to this very day. Despite this, we doubt there are too many people out there who have seen this little oddity before. Retro gaming fan and preservationist Shane Battier has shared a handful of images of a secret screen peripheral that had been designed for use with Nintendo's machine. Of course, we now know that it never made it into full production. But as Battier says, the prototype was at least partially functional, and some suggested applications for the device have been drawn up too. So essentially, what this is, the secret screen would allow you to have your own individual setup to avoid issues uh, with people basically cheating and screen watching.
0: Yeah, like if you're Which, doing, uh, like if you're playing Madden or something or Blitz or something like that, you would be able to like pick your uh, your plays without someone else being able to like you know <laughs> know what you're doing, things of yeah. that nature.
1: I can never stand screen watchers. I know. <laughs> and those listening, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. This is a I, tiny I, was, little
0: screen though. I mean it's it looks like a Game Boy screen.
1: It really does. Look how much the prototype is. How much on was eBay. it? Uh, let's it's see. starting at five grand. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have the money for that. <laughs> no. I do wish, and I say this multiple times, I wish not that I would buy this, but I wish that I had the money to be able to say, yeah, I could buy that if yeah, I wanted Yeah,
0: that'd to. be nice.
1: Yeah. But it, it is a pretty cool, you know, little screen. It's, it's very small.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just clips right onto the actual controller itself, so it's not, it's, like I said, it's about the size of a Game Boy screen.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how useful it would have been Mm-mm. because of how small it is, but you got to look at the technology back then, too, I guess. Yeah,
0: I don't see being able to play like Goldeneye or anything on it. No. (laughs) Uh, For our next story, this is on USA Today. Nintendo no longer repairing Wii video game consoles. If you have a Nintendo Wii in need of repair, it may be game over for the video game system. Nintendo is no longer offering repairs for the Wii systems in the U.S., Uh, They said Nintendo no longer offers repairs. However, many issues can be resolved by following the troubleshooting steps on our support site. Um, They said on Monday it is ending repairs for the game console in Japan as of March 31st because it had trouble getting parts to repair the console. They should just go to the pawn shop. They have a bunch in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I actually uh, don't have my Wii anymore. Um, I've been on the lookout for one. I almost bought one a few months back uh, from the thrift store but they wanted way too much money for it and I'm not paying that much money for a Wii that I don't know works. I would rather just buy one from a retro game shop that's been tested and I know it works so I'm yeah I'm not in a hurry to get a Wii because there was only about maybe five or six games that I really liked on the Wii but other than that it's really not On my top priority list of console Nintendo consoles to have,
1: yeah, I do still have my Wii. I couldn't tell you the last time I played it, and there are games you know that I did really like. I think the Wii version of Mario Kart was one of the best that Nintendo's ever made, yeah. Uh Skyward Sword, the Zelda game for that system is it's a good game but it's not great. It's just way too short.
0: Yeah, I like the new uh the new Super Mario Brothers Wii and uh yep. Super Mario Sunshine things like that. But a lot of it was just shovelware for that system. I mean, yeah, it sold 100 over 100 million units, but like I said, there's maybe only a handful of games that I would want to go back and p- replay over and over again. What I really miss is the Nintendo shop you know the uh, yeah. the, the virtual console yeah, the virtual console like i have, they really need to do something about that or start giving us more um, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games on the switch online they need to really really dig back into that
1: well, that was the highlight of the Wii and the reason why the Wii sold so many units is because it's the ultimate casual gamers console
0: yeah exactly
1: it, it comes with wii sports and s- with some people that's all they played mm-hmm. if like they would have friends over and they would do some bowling yeah. golf baseball it, you can't beat that no and it, it still had some some good games you know with it but i i think that's why the wii's you know stock was so high with that yeah but. I agree with you about the, the virtual console and that, that was one of the highlights for the Wii as well.
0: Yeah. Cause you could pretty much get anything you wanted that was back on the Nintendo and super Nintendo. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> now people are pirating and Nintendo's coming down on pirating. And it's like, all right, well, if you want to stop people from pirating, do what we want you to do and offer us a, a, a way to be able to get this older stuff that's no longer available.
1: Yeah. Come on, Nintendo. Take
0: my money, please.
1: They don't like taking money sometimes. (laughs) But our last story for this evening comes to us once again from nintendolife.com. Nintendo just applied for 39 trademarks. Hmm. We're used to hearing news every once in a while about a prominent video game company applying for a handful of trademarks, but this time it's a little different. Instead of just a couple of games, Nintendo Company has just applied for 39, yes, 39, video game trademarks in Japan based on various older titles from past generations. The games mentioned include GameCube titles like Mario Sunshine and Eternal Darkness, Wii games such as Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, and DS games like Golden Sun Dark Dawn. Even classic series like Wave Race and Kid Icarus get a mention. And the, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the full list is on this article. Uh so what what do you think you think it's just them renewing trademarks? Yeah,
0: I mean they do expire after a while, but at the same time I think a lot of this might be them getting it ready to be able to put some of this stuff out on Switch online. Like you look, a lot of this is NES through GameCube era older mm. stuff, you know. Um even Super Mario World is on this list. <laughs> like that's just that's just a straight up renewal right yeah. there. But then you look at like this got Ocarina of Time uh let's see what are some of the other
1: Majora's ones Majoras Mask
0: on uh yeah Majora's Mask um
1: Wind Waker mm-hmm. the adventure of Link uh,
0: Eternal um, Darkness stuff yep. like that so uh Urban Champion like that's really Urban Champion <laughs> that's just like that's just renewal stuff that they is Urban Champion on the Nintendo Switch online right now for the NES
1: I am not sure.
0: Because if not, then that means we're going to get it on there soon. That's the only reason why you would renew Urban Champion.
1: Yeah. One thing I did want to throw in, this is an unrelated note, but before we get into this month in video game history, I I sent you the story earlier, and this actually kind of surprised me. Jim Carrey did an interview saying Mm -hmm. that if a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog is greenlit, he will be up for playing Robotnik again.
0: That's a good sign.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, so more clips have been released online. And I'm actually having high hopes for it, which kind of worries me cuz then I wonder if the movie's just going to suck and then I'm going <laughs> to come on the show and then just you know be throwing stuff and just cursing up a storm, but Yeah. I I'm definitely going to go opening week to go see it and then, you know, our next show we do after that, I'll give my well, I have a my feeling we're both going to
0: see it opening weekend, so we may have to do an emergency episode uh, directly after the movie. Even if yeah. it's just like a 15, 20-minute episode, we might have to do an emergency episode afterwards.
1: Uh, my plan as of right now is to go um, Thursday night, or okay. that Thursday, because I, I have work all weekend.
0: Yeah, I may so, go Thursday night too, so
1: we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll figure it out.
0: But uh, it's time to go into this month in video game history, if I can get the music to play here. In January of 1983, Apple Computer releases the Apple IIe, which becomes the most popular 8-bit machine, and I have lots of uh, memories of the Apple IIe back when I was in, like, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, playing uh hangman, uh Oregon Trail, uh learning, you know, some basic commands, things like that. I man, I would love to have an Apple IIe just just to have it.
1: I always read it as the Apple IIE. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. I've never used an Apple II E, but yeah, I, I remember us talking about it. Last year, and you having your fond memories of it. Oh, I
0: remember this game too. Like, they have the picture here on the Wikipedia site, and it's got a game called Zigzag. I remember we had mm-hmm. that game too.
1: It looks very similar to a computer that I used in elementary school. I, I don't think it was the Apple IIe, but it definitely reminds me of it.
0: Yeah. Well, those computers were tanks, man. They would run, they're yeah. still running to this day. So you can't yeah. beat it. If I if I ever run across one at like an estate sale or something, it is so mine.
1: Oh, as you should. As you should. January twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty-four, Apple Incorporated announces the original one hundred and twenty-eight kilobyte <laughs> floppy disk only Macintosh. Ooh,
0: 128, you say.
1: Oh man. <laughs>
0: Uh, I wonder if it's got the price on here. I'm always interested to see how much these things cost back then. And
1: 128 kilobytes, like that was prime memory back then. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I heard the term gigabyte, and I was like, what?
0: Oh, here's something cool. The Macintosh was introduced by a $1.5 million Ridley Scott television commercial. What? I guess they must have paid him to uh, direct a commercial.
1: See, that's just obnoxiously spending money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And of all people, why Ridley Scott? Well, I don't know. I guess it sort of fits.
1: Yeah. I mean, (sighs) I could think of worse choices.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay $1.5 million for a commercial back in 1984, I guess... You know, Ridley Scott's the guy. Actually, I do remember, was it a, um, what's that podcast I listened to? How did, th- not How Did This Get Made, Um, How Is This Movie? Uh, it's actually called the, uh, the, I forgot, he changed the name of it, but I still listen to it. But um, I think he's talking about Ridley Scott did a lot of commercials back in the 80s. Really? Yeah, I think, I think it was Ridley Scott he was talking about. Now that just seems really familiar is a good way to make is, money in between movies.
1: Oh, for sure. The funny thing is, you know, I remember using Macintosh in school. Then I used a Mac in college. That's where I learned, you know, how to edit videos mm-hmm. and Photoshop and things like that. And then I didn't use really any type of Apple product with the exception of my phone for a long time. And now I've been reintroduced to mm-hmm. it, you know, through the laptop that I got for Christmas. So.
0: Well, People can talk all the crap they want about Apple. I love Apple products. Even though my computer is old and slow and clunky. But I got a new one on the way. It's going to be here next week. Yes. Uh, Let's see. January 14th of 1988, Konami releases Konami YY World, the first ever crossover game featuring cast of all-star characters from various video game franchises and non-video game properties such as characters from blockbuster movies. I have never heard of this in my life.
1: I haven't either, but it sounds like the very early precursor to Super Smash Bros.
0: Dude, it's, it has Mikey from the Goonies and King Kong. <laughs>
1: yeah, I see King Kong on the cover.
0: Yeah. Wow. This is this is uh, actually really neat. I would love to actually play this. Playable characters. Uh, Konami Man, Konami Lady, Simon Belmont III. Um. Let's see. Uh, Mikey Walsh from the Goonies. Let's see. Uh, Kong from King Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. Vic Viper, the spaceship from the Gradius series. That's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, I'd love to try this at some point. That's so
0: weird. So what a random list of characters.
1: I know. It, it's it's really strange. No, it's hmm. it's definitely. You got to look at this as an influence for Smash Bros. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: There's actually a mobile version released in Japan in 2006.
0: <laughs> a mobile version in 2006?
1: Let's Were they see. playing it
0: on uh, Razors or something?
1: I guess so. Now it says here the mobile phone version of YY World replaces Mikey and King Kong with Upa from Bio Miracle. Bakut Upa and a giant pinta, the protagonist from Antarctic <laughs> Adventure and Father of Pentaru. Okay. But <laughs> hmm. well, they were omitted due to licensing issues. <clears throat> so I'm difference. sure. Yeah. I- I'd love to try this game at some point. Yeah.
0: It would be pretty cool yeah. to look at.
1: Yeah, and it's a Japanese only game. Yeah. Uh, let's see, January 31st of 1996, Mega Man X3 is released by Capcom for the SNES in the United States.
0: See, you're the you're the SNES Mega Man guy, so I'm, you should, uh, did you review this one or did you just do Mega Man X?
1: Just Mega Man X. I do want to play the sequels at some point. Because I think the uh, only
0: one I've played was Mega Man X. I don't think I've ever played this one.
1: Yeah, I I haven't played any of the other ones, but I, I did really like X.
0: Because this came so, out in '95 when I was uh I was going through my I just want to be a computer gamer phase.
1: Oh, you're <laughs> Consoles one of those types. are
0: for children. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> I'm a computer gamer. I I'm a PC gamer. Boo.
1: I picture. Someone who's like that, I picture them sounding exactly like the comic book guy from The Mm -hmm. Simpsons.
0: (laughs) Worst game ever.
1: Ever. (laughs) That was actually a phenomenal impression, by the way. Oh,
0: thank you. Uh, Let's see. We're on January 1st of 1998. The ESRB changes the KA kids to adults rating to E for everyone.
1: I remember that actually being kind of a big deal. Because I remember every... Box having that K dash A rating on it. And I don't then they remember that.
0: It. I I just remember I remember the when the ESRB was uh, instituted because video games are killing our children. But then I don't remember.
1: Uh, that, my friend, is a discussion for a whole separate podcast.
0: Yeah, we could have a whole discussion about that. It seems like every you know, time. Oh, go ahead. We
1: should. We actually should. Because, I mean, cause I grew I, up
0: playing everything, and I'm a pretty well-adjusted adult.
1: <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I remember when I had a public speaking class in college, my final speech was about, do video games cause you know children to be violent? And my argument was no. Mm-hmm. The, the funny thing is, leading up to that, so my um, instructor had brought her, um, her son in, and he had a GameCube. And she asked, does anybody know how to hook this up? And then, of course, everybody just does the slow turn to where I am sitting in the corner. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right. So I, I hooked it up. And she's just trying to make conversation. And she's like, so, you know, what's your speech about? It's like, oh, about video games causing kids to become violent. And I'm like, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, I'm arguing that it doesn't.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure we could go for a good hour just on... <clears throat> the the hand waviness of uh, whenever they bring up that argument because like back in the fifties it was rock and roll in the sixties it was you know uh, it was the hippie movement and like uh, comic books then, you know you had to burn all your comic books back in the sixties uh, just so it it just makes me nauseous oh in the eighties it was heavy metal.
1: Are you sure in the 50s it wasn't Elvis Presley's hip thrust?
0: That's yeah, it was rock and roll. It was Elvis Presley, uh, you know, corrupting our youth because he yeah. shook his hips on live TV. Oh, or Lord,
1: shoot him from the waist up. Oh, Lord, Jesus, <laughs> Lord. Uh, All right, and and to close us out for this month in video game history on January 24th, 2000, Crazy Taxi is released. Or the Sega Dreamcast. I
0: love Crazy Taxi. I wish they oh, would put Crazy out Taxi a new. So I wish they would make a new version of it. When when was the last version they made of Crazy Taxi?
1: Uh let's see. I do. You
0: remember Simpson's Road Rage cuz that oh, was yes. a um sort of sequel, not really sequel, but it was based on the same gameplay. Man, I love like Road Rage. a spiritual successor. Yeah. Let's see. Um. Oh, C- Crazy Taxi City Rush was released on iOS and Google Play app stores in 2014.
1: We should do a co-review of this game at some point. Of
0: Crazy Taxi. Yes. Oh hell yeah! I love me some Crazy Taxi.
1: I haven't played Crazy Taxi in a long time. We should do Road
0: Rage too. Um. Wonder. Can you get Road Rage on uh, Steam? Because if I you can get Road Rage on sure. Steam, I'm, that's where I'm going to get it, and I'm going to play it, and I'm going to review it. Because I remember you could run around town as um, oh, what's the janitor's name um, on The Simpsons, the dude with uh, the uh
1: groundskeeper Willie.
0: Yeah, groundskeeper Willie. You could run around town as ground groundskeeper Willie on a tractor. <laughs>
1: so funny enough. This is kind of related, but when I first started working for the Blue Wahoos, there was an assistant groundskeeper whose name was Willie. Really? <laughs> did no he have... lie. And I just, I took me everything to not laugh. I'm like, did he have a Scottish you, accent? You, he, he did not. <laughs> he did not. But I was like, can you do one? No, I, I didn't really. Laugh, but... <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Now I
1: probably would.
0: Oh, uh, but... yeah. We got to do that this year because I'm, I'm all up for playing some crazy taxi.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's available for several platforms. It's it was in the arcades. It's available for Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, PS3, and Xbox 360. So
0: yeah, if you can get it on PS3, it'll still play on a PS4. So yeah, yeah. I, I might see if that. I can get it for GameCube. Yeah. Ooh, GameCube would be good. I wonder if the Trading good. Post has it. I'm gonna look. I'm, I might make a trip over to the uh, play and talk this weekend and see if they have a copy of it. It can't be that expensive.
1: Yeah, especially because I get paid on Friday, so yeah. I might go um, Saturday afternoon or sometime on Sunday. Sweet.
0: Uh, as a matter of fact, I just picked up uh, Rogue Squadron Two: Rogue Leader for the game enough, this I past weekend. Same. Oh, that
1: game is so good. It's my favorite of that entire franchise. You want to do a
0: dual review of that next week? Hell yeah. Let's do that next week because I, yeah. man, just that first Death Star run alone makes the game worth it.
1: <laughs> Before I bought it, it was after you actually reviewed the first Rogue Squadron. I looked up some gameplay on YouTube of Rogue Squadron 2 and about 30 seconds into watching I'm like, yeah, I've got to go see if the trading post has this game.
0: Oh, yeah. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is mine. Picked it up.
1: Well, I was... I was on that side of town because it was on a work day. I had to come you know, around this area because it's not too far from my house. So I had some time. And I was like, you know what? I'll just stop in and see if they have anything. And I saw you know, Rogue Squadron 2. I was like, yep, getting it.
0: we'll do that. We'll do a dual review next week. Yes. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and uh, do some shout-outs, and then we'll do our review for tonight.
1: Yeah, so as always, we like to give a shout-out to our awesome subscribers over at Patreon. We'd like to give a shout-out to AxeBlade07, Daniel Salmon, and John Jekyll, who once again you know, joined me for my live stream of the Derek Diamond experience the other night. So thank you, John, and thank you to everyone who contributes to our Patreon. If you want to be a part of that, you can visit patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro.
0: And tonight, Derek is going to be reviewing...
1: If that doesn't scream early 90s, I don't know what does. <laughs> of course it does. So... This is a game that I unfortunately missed out on as a kid, but as soon as I saw that it was on the Genesis Mini, I knew it was going to be one that I had to play eventually. This week, I will be reviewing Toe Jam & Earl, which is an action game developed by Johnson for Sanger Productions and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis console. It was released in 1991. And boy, does this game scream that. <laughs> Right from the very start. So it it stars these two aliens named Jam and Earl. From the very beginning, there's kind of like this intro to set up the story with them talking. And there's the text looks really crappy. There's some, you know, like letters or words are capitalized when they're not supposed to be when they are supposed to be. It's a mix of capital letters, small letters. So it's all like out of whack and everything, which was kind of a style Back during that time, and it had the colorful backgrounds with the line patterns and everything mm-hmm. and had like that little bit of a distressed look. So it, this is something that screams <laughs> late 80s, early 90s culture, and it's essentially a satire of that. You know, once you really yeah. get into the game and you hear the lingo, it sounds very West Coastish. Uh, so it, it stars these two aliens named Jam and Earl their ship crashes on Earth, and your objective is to find all the ship parts. And once you do, you fly back to your home planet and you win the game. So it's very straightforward. And to be honest, playing through it for the first time, on paper, it looked like a game that I would absolutely love. And I don't dislike the game, but it's not very exciting.
0: Yeah. That was kind of what I... I haven't played very much of it, but me and Wally did play a bit of it. You know, Wally, our—if you're a new listener—Wally is our official fact checker and occasional co-host. Um, he came on about a year or so ago and did a review of. Um, uh, why can I never remember the name of that game <laughs> that he did? Uh, Decap Attack, and um, while yeah. we he we were, because he had the Sega Genesis collection for the Xbox 360, and this game was on it as well. So we played this for about an hour or so, and it, I don't know, it just, it, I can't really, dis- it's very slow gameplay, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of, you're just going around, like, looking for items. Like, I think this game is what the dude that made E.T. was going for <laughs> back and uh, when E.T. was released for the Atari 2600. And it's mm. about the same pace as that game, so it's a cool-looking game. It's got great music, but, it, yeah, it, it's kind of slow and boring.
1: Yeah, and that, to me, is a—that's uh, kind of what kills the game for me. I, I don't hate it. I've played much worse games, but it was one of those things that, you know, I was playing it the other day, and I'm just sitting here, because I've actually got my Genesis set up right next to my podcast set up, so I'm just sitting here playing it, and I'm like, all right, just kind of exploring the map. There's something. There's a, another parody of something, uh-huh. which the, the comedy moments are, are fun, so there's a lot of really goofy stuff in this game, and some of it is detrimental to your health because you can get attacked. Like, for example, you're going through a level, and you run into a hula dancer, your character will start hula dancing, and you can't stop it.
0: Hmm.
1: It's just like you're just walking along, and yeah. then, because I, I use toe jam, <laughs> and you find this woman in, you know, a hula skirt and everything, and you're just kind of walking along, and all of a sudden, you just start going... <laughs> like that. And you can't do anything, and then you get attacked by enemies, and I'm just like, Stop dancing! <laughs> I died a couple of times because of that, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So essentially, you're just exploring these various worlds, and, and you do get some power-ups that, that make it a little more interesting because in the beginning, you really have no attacks. So all you have to do is, is run, mm-hmm. you know? So you'll get things like um, you get a slingshot. Uh, you get uh, the funniest power-up that I found was actually Root Beer. Which is not really much of a power up because it it heals you. Like if you have low health, it just instantly heals, you know, it replenishes your health meter.
0: Well, apparently you've never had a bark's root beer in the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) I I have, not in a long
1: time, but I have. But then you start burping uncontrollably. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. You can't can't sneak around, you know, enemies that are sleeping. Mm. So it heals you, but it's detrimental. And you get things you know like a slingshot, you get a decoy which sends off a replica of yourself that will distract enemies so you can get by them. So there there are some power-ups in this game to make it a little bit more interesting instead of just avoiding enemies, which is kind of what I did for the most part.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all you can do in the game. Is just try to avoid everything that could hurt you.
1: There were some funny Enemies, though, like, and I I can't emphasize this enough. This is very much a parody of culture in that time. Mm -hmm. So you get like a you'll get like a I think it's a mole that's uh, no, it's a hamster that's in the little, you know, little um, ball. Yeah. The actual hamsters run in. Those things will roll after you. You get uh, an angry, crazy shopper lady Mm -hmm. that will run after you. There's a mailbox monster. there's a fat, bald guy who chases you with a lawnmower <laughs> and uh, and chickens wow. that kind of gave me flashbacks of Zelda. yeah, whenever you you know fight the chickens too mm-hmm. much, and then just the whole swarm just whoosh, comes in right after you. So there's not a ton that I can really say about this game. Um, I do like the gameplay of it. It has kind of that three-quarter 3D perspective. It was like a faux 3D, which was pretty cool for that time. And it's kind of free-roaming in the sense that you can go anywhere on the map that you want. There are some areas that do have parts of your ship, and there are some that don't. And you essentially, like, you you travel to different worlds by elevator, as weird as that sounds. But you get off the elevator, and after you explore for a bit, it disappears. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if if the section of the world has a ship part, you find that first, and then you have to find the elevator, which is at a new area of the map. The cool thing is you actually can look at the map, so you can kind of see where you're going, which was actually really helpful. But it's just very repetitive. You find your part, you get on the elevator, takes you to a different world. You do the same thing. You fight you know, funny villains and funny underlings. But other than that, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of meh. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the thing. I mean, it's, there's nothing really bad about the game and it's just one of those kind of, I don't know if you're wanting to play something that's like kind of slow paced and just you want to (laughs) relax, that would be, This type of game because, you know, there's nothing fast. There's no real combat to speak of. You're just looking for pieces of your ship and different parts of the, the map. So if that's up your alley, then, you know, this is the game for you. But I kind of found it to be a bit, I don't know, a little too slow for my taste.
1: I think it's one of those games that had I played it growing up, mm-hmm. I would have a different opinion of it.
0: I think it would have been I, a lot more fun back then. Like this would have been a good rental to like kind of waste the weekend, you know, like spend your Friday night, you know, drinking energy, you know, like Mountain Dew and eating Doritos and playing Toe Jam and Earl all Friday night.
1: Uh, if Mountain Dew Code Red had been around back yeah. then, <laughs> some I would have that by the gallon. <laughs> get,
0: some, get some Surge. <laughs>
1: Oh God, Surge! I remember I found Surge, so they they remade it. Yeah, and I remember hearing about it, and I ordered like a case of it, and the the cans are like that big. Oh my lord! It's it's, it's insane. <laughs> I felt like I was gonna die after like a third of the the can. In. I'm
0: sure that stuff is basically just like uh, engine degreaser, <laughs>
1: pretty much. But that's one reason why I'm. Kind of glad I don't drink soda anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: Probably what guy, gave you I, your kidney, or your, or you didn't have a kidney. That's probably what dehydrated you drinking. Well, it that. was
1: that. It was that and coffee.
0: Yeah, it's a super diuretic.
1: Yeah. God, you you don't want to go through what I did. <laughs> no. That we, that that weekend, it was it was not funny. It was funny because I went to a filmmaker meetup that following week. Because I, I lost, like, over 10 pounds during that whole thing. And it was all within the span of, like, two or three days. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh, my God, you've lost so much weight. And I'm like, it wasn't in the good way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I remember feeling very frail for a good month or so. Yeah. After that whole thing happened. And now I've been trying to to lose weight in the good way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. But uh, ba- kind of back, going back to what... Uh, I was talking about with ToeJam & Earl, it did receive positive reviews when it came out, when which Bill Paris of UGO described as almost unanimous critical acclaim. However, Sega deemed it a commercial failure due to low initial sales. The game built a cult following through word of mouth and was further aided by the Sega Genesis Christmas 1991 spike sales caused by the release of a little-known game called Sonic the Hedgehog, which a few sequels did come out for this game. There was... Uh, ToeJam & Earl in Panic on Funkatron. And ToeJam & Earl 3 Mission to Earth released for the Sega Genesis and Xbox, respectively. And then the fourth title was released without Sega's involvement, Jam & Earl Back in the Groove, which was released on March 1st, 2019, funded by Kickstarter. Wow, I didn't know that. I remember hearing about it. And uh, Mixmaster in the chat says, Jam & Earl was an awesome classic game. I have been... I haven't beaten it, or I have beaten it, but it's tough.
0: What's up, Mr. Mixmaster? Glad you could join us tonight.
1: Welcome to the chat. So, as far as the legacy goes, uh Jim and Earl became one of Sega's second tier mascots alongside Sonic and one of the Sega Genesis key exclusive franchises. Mm-hmm. The characters appeared in a spin off light gun game, Ready Aim Tomatoes, developed by uh, the same company as one of six minigames for the Miniser six game cartridge and it's been called weird, strange and thoroughly odd. Hmm. I would definitely say that's accurate. Yeah. Uh critics have difficulty in determining a genre for the game. It's been called a platformer and roguelike as well as action and action adventure. Yeah. It, that is an interesting point. Like you can't really call it a platformer cuz you don't mm-hmm. jump.
0: Yeah. And it, it says here what you did say dungeon crawler, right? I did not. Yeah, it's it's under the genre here on uh, the Wikipedia page. It actually is listed as a dungeon crawler. I'd kind of say that. It's sort of dungeon crawler-ish.
1: I would say that's more accurate than an yeah. action game. But as far as my review of this game, I haven't beaten it, so I can't give it its full score. The humor is fun, it's a good-looking game for an early '90s game. I actually do like the knockoff of that late '90s or late '80s, early '90s culture. Yeah, but it's just a very slow-paced game. So I, I would give it on a scale of one to ten. I would probably say, I'd say a six. Eh, that's good. Not. I've played much worse games. Yeah. I, I don't dislike it by any means, but I, I don't know that it's really for me.
0: Yeah, cause like definitely when I fire up the the Genesis Mini, this is definitely one of the games that I kind of pass up every time. Like I don't really ever feel a need to play it again.
1: Yeah, I don't want to knock it like I did just the Sega games in general, like I did last week. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll I'll just say that it's it it has its good moments. Yeah, but overall, like it it's just it's a game that is not for me. It's
0: definitely a but snapshot of its it. time, though.
1: Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but yeah that's my thoughts on Gojam and Earl. Awesome!
0: And like I said, I think next week we're both going to do a, a a duo review of. Uh, I haven't done Rogue one of these in a while. I know. I'm 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 excited because I've been playing it a good bit, and um, it's it like that that trench run is not easy. No. <laughs> It's not easy I, at all.
1: I haven't played it since I bought it from the trading post, but I do very much remember that.
0: Yeah, I'm going through uh, the Hoth Hoth battle right now and uh, on it. So I'm going to try to get as far as I can before next week. Hopefully I can finish the game, but if not, I'm going to get as far as I can get.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it this weekend if I don't. I, I may have mentioned this last week's show, but I've been training to run a 15K. Nice. Which is on Saturday morning, so if it doesn't kill me, <laughs> I will play the game this weekend. No, I actually, I, the reason why I've been exhausted is because I've been waking up early to you know run the, the long-distance miles. Because whenever I get off work, I just want to come home and not do anything. Oh, I know. I know that feeling. <laughs> so I, I've been waking up at like 4.30 in the morning to run. Wow, dude,
0: that makes so, me tired thinking about it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, and I'll do a little bit of bragging on myself since Thanksgiving when I started the keto diet and started working out. I'm down almost 15 pounds. Wow. So
0: I'm and I, your 15 pounds went straight to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm I'm up a little bit. Time for me to get my fat ass back to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I stopped going in November because I had hurt my shoulder. And then yeah. I was going to start going uh, like a week, a week and a half ago. And the day I was going to go back, I hurt my back because I bent over to pick up a box at work and ripped something. <laughs> Hopefully, starting tomorrow maybe, or maybe Monday, I'm going to start getting back into the gym again. Like full, yeah. full time again. I'm paying for it. I got to use it.
1: Yeah, same. Now after this weekend, I'm gonna cut back on the the running a bit, and then so I've been doing a mix of running and DDP yoga. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna decrease the running and increase the yoga because that actually it's not as boring because running I'm at the point now where it's kind of boring me to do it, mm-hmm. which isn't good because I've been training for the run, but I'm gonna decrease that a bit because with the DDP yoga you have to stay engaged. Yeah. So that that to me is, and plus I feel like I get a little bit more out of it.
0: Yeah, oh, I felt really good when I was lifting weights. It's just, I was trying to go up and weight too fast, and I, I think my old old joints <laughs> can't handle it.
1: <laughs> you, you should try out the DDP yoga.
0: I know, I want to. I've really thought about it. I actually looked up the uh, the price of it one day, like the different bundles that they have.
1: Well, I, I have an idea. I'll talk with you off air about it. Okay.
0: <laughs> We're not going to do anything illegal, are we? <laughs> no. No. Uh, but um, anything else not you want to throw out there before we go?
1: No, just as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, which is now on YouTube. I yes. created a YouTube channel, so uh, it, it's under my name, so just search for Derek Diamond, and you can find the most recent episode, but I'm going to be uploading episodes every week on YouTube. Now I'm going to do the two different segments. So my review of Picard will be one video. And then the interview segment will be its own separate video, but the full podcast is still on Apple podcast, um, Stitcher, Spotify, all that fun stuff. So
0: fantastic. And uh, just follow me uh, on Twitter at Jay and Jason Robbins on on Facebook if you want to follow me and uh, find out where I'm going to be doing stand-up next. And um got some stuff coming up soon. Um, we're, uh, should we tell everybody um, the we're going to be doing we, the panels at Pensacon or do we
1: need to wait? So we are doing panels. The final schedule hasn't been set up yet. So once the schedule is released, we can let you guys know when we'll be doing them. But I will say... Defending Bad Movies is in prime time. Yes. I That's cannot all I'm gonna say. wait. I'm that so excited. That made me so happy. Like, I, I actually got legitimately <laughs> excited when I saw it. And I'm like.
0: I know. When you texted I, me that. Mm, man. <laughs> I was like.
1: oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a fun weekend. I, I, I cannot wait for it. I'm going to have a very busy Sunday and a little bit of a busy Saturday. So I'll have Friday to en- just enjoy the con as a fan. But Yeah. Well, I'll be there Friday be.
0: evening, too. So if anybody is there on Friday evening that listens to the show and wants to meet up and say hi, let us know. Absolutely. But, uh, but I, that's all I got for this week. I think we'll go ahead and play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Get us back up to that $50 level where we will give you guys the extra episode every month that you guys love so much. Um, And also, if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. And Derek, please, tell them what it's all about.
1: This is the way.
0: spoken.